Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Your Voice First podcast. If you'd like to learn more, find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and every other social platform at Voice First AI. Welcome back to Understanding the Power of Social Media. We are here today with Akis from ETC. Perry Jeter from Jet Fuel Companies. Dr. Marlene Carson from the Switch Anti-Trafficking Network. First question I want to ask you guys is, uh, what's kind of the background on your brand? Quick 30-second overview for, for each of you to give the listeners in Columbus and all around the world a little bit of background of who's here tonight. Word. Um, yeah, ETC is, is infrastructure for the creative community here in Columbus. We want to make it easy for people to tap into the culture um, and be invested to support the artists, the um, events, the you know, anything that you could possibly think of here in uh, the city. Jet Fuel Companies, uh, we work with health and wellness, professional sports teams, CBD products, Benjamins and Business, a networking event, actually hosting tonight at Avalon. So uh, really enjoy the invite and looking forward to the discussion. All right, the Switch Anti-Trafficking Network, and um, we are a trying to say that quick we are a um, policy um, um, public policy advocacy and education awareness for um, domestic minor sex trafficking so throughout this if anyone in the audience uh, definitely encourage social media posts I started to try to connect with everybody on LinkedIn make sure that we're getting the energy flowing Columbus Ohio the whole goal of what we're doing here is to try to raise the collective energy of Columbus and all of Ohio to be more on par with what we see from the leaders of like Los Angeles, New York City. Ohio has a lot of good energy in here and goal here is to just try to connect the influencers and try to raise the collective intelligence. So first social media question I have for each of you, why do you use social media? And then if you can, so start with the why and then give us an application of what it is that you do. So maybe like why you use social media and then give us an example with a post of how you put that why into practice. Malk, are you ready, or should we start with someone else first? Um, yeah, it's just yeah, it's a complicated question for me. So yeah, start with somebody else so I can. Okay, let's go. So one of the ways we use um, social media at the switch is we locate missing children. That's one of the biggest ways we use um, social media. Even if we know of a missing child, we put it on all social media platforms, and we've actually found probably about sixty-seven wow. percent so far of the kids that are missing um, on their social media. That's an amazing use of social media. So can you give an example recently? Like, do you guys make, did you guys make any posts today? Oh, yeah, uh-huh, absolutely so. So we make a post. So we'll hear a parent will call us about their child being missing. Normally it's after the three-day period when law enforcement hasn't gotten involved yet, and they're trying to find their child. Mm-hmm. And so they'll send us a picture. We will create a poster, and we'll get it out on all social media platforms. And do you typically see much engagement on those? Oh, absolutely. They go, I mean, seriously, they go from, we can do it in Columbus, Ohio. The next thing we know, it is in Australia. Wow. It's, I mean, social media is powerful mm-hmm. when it comes to networking and connecting and getting the word out for these missing children. So you've been leveraging social media to raise awareness of these missing children and to actually try to create these solutions around finding children who are in need. Absolutely. And so recently there was a kid missing from South Carolina, but because of the power of social media, we found them in Cleveland, Ohio. Wow. Because of the power of social media. Yeah. Mr. Perry, how is Jet Fuel using social media right now? Well, yeah. first, why? Why are you guys using it? And then an example. Yeah, I think the, the thing for us is product placement mm-hmm. and engagement. So we have a conversion rate that we look at, looking at the analytics and studying those looking forward to even future products or projects or partnerships and looking at their fan engagement and their customer acquisition. So we look at those determining factors and then we engage with those communities, health and wellness. Uh, you asked a great example of that is a project we're working on now is a, a project called A Kid Again with Oyama Garrison. And we're working with them to, uh, there's an Orion project which there's a uh, amusement park, uh, Kings Island, and there's gonna be a, a very well put together uh, fan engagement you know individuals can actually post they can put uh, product up and they can donate dollars to sponsor kid again which has offices in philadelphia Uh, one of our brand ambassadors trey burke he was there uh, met with the kid again and and just gave the kids hope right so uh, another example of that is a group that we work with now and expanding out is we're just looking at ways that we can actually engage touch 
and actually convert those into uh, one of three things. And that includes, you know, really the purpose, you know, of the actual fan engagement, whether that's customer acquisition or sharing a person's story and knowledge and information. Very interesting. So mm -hmm. you work a lot with partners for your actions on social media, and a lot of it's making those partnerships public? Correct. Yeah, yeah public or converting them into, you know, whatever that particular campaign may be. Uh, and the Kid Against campaign is all around, you know, working with Children's Hospital, working with kids and giving them an opportunity. Uh, one of the examples I can give you is, uh, you know, there was a father that uh, brought his son to the Ohio State basketball team and uh, watched his son dribble for the first time, brought him to tears. And it was really just uh, a moment where it turned other folks, donors, to get involved and help these kids who have these disabilities. And then finally for you, so far heard from Dr. Marlene as well as Mr. Perry Jeter, ETC and Malk, how, why are you guys using social media? Yeah, um, as I was coming over here, if I can answer the question kind of like back into it, as I was coming over here I was thinking about the festival that we threw um, last August on the south side uh, with Manny Fresh and um, you know, over a thousand people that was there and just thinking about how it started because we were quote unquote Twitter personalities and whatnot. And I, I think that the best way to answer the question for me would be I use it for like thought leadership, um, establishing authority, um, really creating a person, well, not creating a personality, but revealing my personality so that other people can learn about who I am and what I stand for. Um, and then also amplification, you know, putting out these ideas, almost using it as a, a pulpit to like introduce new ideas, new ways of thinking, and uh, you know, consistently hammer those points home. So it seems like everybody kind of uses it for a level of awareness, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. then driving awareness to what, that's, that's where each of us kind of does different, different methods or implications. Question for you guys around 2020. We're now in February, the second month of 2020. In this year, which social platform do you find the most valuable for brands and businesses, whether just Ohio or all around the world? Which platform do you find the most valuable um, in your own business practice? Um, I definitely say Twitter for me. Um, I think that Twitter is kind of like the wild, wild west in that there's not really a lot of rules there. So you can really create and do things there that you can't do in other places and stuff. So um, I think that it's really valuable because if you're creative and you're innovative and you know how to, you know, break barriers, then, you know, the results that come from that are like crazy, you know. Again, I don't know how because I'm not a promoter, you know, but we were able to, you know, throw 20 something straight parties and then like a whole festival or whatever that's got national attention, for example, you know what I mean? All off the power of, of Twitter. So how long have you been on Twitter? Hmm, 2011. Yeah, 2010. I just had my anniversary like a couple weeks ago. So you've been on there for 10 years, and it still feels like the Wild West. Yeah, I used to use Facebook <laughs> the way that you're supposed to use Twitter, like back when I was in high school. <laughs> no, it's, it's crazy because everything's changed now. Um, but like I would post like 8 to 10 statuses a day like on Facebook, and then Twitter came out. And like I remember back when you would uh, send texts to Twitter, and that's how you got the tweets and everything. Oh, wow. Yeah, Old for – <laughs> Four four oh four four or something like that. I think that was the number, and um, yeah, I mean, there's eras of it, you know. So the early 2010s, hmm. Twitter was completely different than it is now. This wasn't. In t uh, I didn't have the plan to do this, but I'd like to ask. Mm -hmm. You get to see being on Twitter for the ten years. You've gotten to see a lot of people using it. Do you have you seen any practices from people in Ohio where you look at that and you're like, you could be doing better. A like lot. you see that and you you just. Yeah. Any notes for how people could be leveling up in terms of Ohio? I think that I use Twitter better than most people do. Um, but I think that the thing that most people kind of fall short with is that they're pretending when they're online and they're trying to put forth their best effort instead of just being themselves and being unique. Um, yeah, like I think that that's something. And it's not just people. I'm also talking about brands and everything too, you know, trying to create – a perfect tweet or mm -hmm. and trying to throw in random hashtags or um you know gifts or trying to participate in, in trending topics instead of just putting out your own natural organic like thoughts or uh representing your brand in, in a real meaningful type of way 
and just being a part of the conversation. The reason why Twitter, I think, is the most impactful is because you don't really have the same like algorithms that you have like on Instagram or Facebook or even LinkedIn. Um, it's really it's it's like a live chat room that if you are good with conversations, then you can really like wade in and you can like have some type of impact. How many tweets you send in a day? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, it's a lot. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no numbers. Listen, in the last hour, I've probably sent maybe 24, 25. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Real authenticity there. Yeah, I mean, but again, I use Twitter differently than most people do. Um, it's more like <laughs> obviously, like, yeah, <laughs> right. It's oh it's kind of like a diary. You know, well, I hate that word, but it's like a diary. I'm just sharing with my thoughts as I'm thinking them. That's interesting. And. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I tweet a lot. Mr. Perry. Yeah. Uh, most valuable social media platform for 2020. Uh, I have to go with LinkedIn. I started out uh, with Twitter as well and uh, moved to Instagram, but continue to gravitate back to LinkedIn for our particular uh, message uh, around healthcare and wellness, health and wellness partners. Looking at CBD and, and the different uh, things that people are doing around the world globally that impact health and uh, healthcare, and uh, looking at heart rate, heart rate variability. So, uh, connecting with scientists and doctors around the world and, and looking at uh, some of those results that they came out with uh, in reference to biosensors and things of that nature. So, uh, LinkedIn has been the platform probably the most used by us. Because your company, very high tech, you guys are dealing with wearables, you guys are dealing with some of the biggest companies and institutions in the world. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn, great for professionals. Same question to you that I just asked Malk. Mm -hmm. In terms of seeing what's going on in Ohio or nationwide, you see a lot of people that are posting on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn's getting more popular. So anything that you've seen where you see like people could be leveling up, whether Ohio or nationwide, any tips that you could give for, for doing better on LinkedIn? Yeah, I think just like connecting with your audience and then connecting with a brand to display your message appropriately. Partnerships are really, really big. Yes. Uh, can help new businesses looking for validation, you know. So, you know, we have this, uh, as, as he just uh, stated a moment ago, you have this, you know, kind of message in your mind and putting together the perfect texts and posts and putting those things together. Whereas if you have the validation behind you, uh, for us, the United States Air Force, the NBA, you know, those kind of, those are like really, really broad shoulders to stand on top of. NTT Data, multi-trillion dollar company, those are the ones that we work with through the R&D process. So, you know, you take those folks and, and you, you put a nice post together and it, mm -hmm. it validates it and takes the skepticism, skepticism out of. One thing that I've always wondered, especially with big partnerships like yours, is how much freedom do you have to talk about it yeah. on a consistent basis? Like mm -hmm. Malk's tweeted 20 times in the past hour. Right. If, if I was tagging you guys like 20 times today on Instagram and on LinkedIn, right. you guys might start to get annoyed and then start to be like, oh, I didn't give approval for things like this. You're dealing with the Air Force, the yeah. NBA, some yeah. very big institutions yeah. with their own brand. Are you able to go with this rapid fire post, have authenticity, or do you... Is there a different strategy that you have to approach when talking about these partnerships? Yeah, so an uh, example of that is uh, the vice general counsel for the NBA sent us a letter of approval, but then also the caveat to that was you cannot share this on Instagram. You cannot yeah. send this in yeah. social networks or on your website, you know, those kind of things. So there's, you know, when you're dealing with those, you know, type of levels of folks, they give you those caveats, which is which is really good. You know, gives you kind of the... Um, the good and the bad, you know, that, that you have some limitations. We do have some white papers that we share mm -hmm. uh, that we can do, um, you know, share with uh, publications and researchers. So that's been the way that we've, we've connected. And same final question, how many times are you posting on LinkedIn? What's your rate of post? You know, um, I, I'm probably posting more in the Benjamin's and business on Facebook uh, more than any because we've done so much R&D and now we're turning that into a sales channel. So probably revert back to LinkedIn uh, once we get our, our launch together. Um, With the CBD products? Yeah, for the first quarter. Yep. Dr. Marlene, same well, question to you. Most valuable social media platform in 2020? I think I would agree with Benji. Um, ours is actually Facebook. 
And ours is Facebook because we also work with the Department of Justice. We work with a lot of law enforcement, yeah. and they also use those same platforms to do the same thing that we're doing. So ours would definitely be Facebook. No. And the demographic of people that we reach out to, because when you have a missing child, mm -hmm. we're usually looking for adults, mm -hmm. so not your younger. We, do, we go on to Instagram and TikTok um, when actually trying to find the child directly, but to connect with the public, we use Facebook. You have a very specific use case of Facebook in trying to raise awareness of these missing children and get them found and return mm -hmm. to their families. We were doing a little bit of exploring earlier today to try to see how other people are trying to solve this problem of missing children. Mm -hmm. Gonna ask you a little bit different question than the last two. In terms of finding missing children and using these social media platforms, how do you think people are doing right now? Do you think people are doing a good job leveraging social to try to find these kids? Or do you have any advice or thoughts on how people could be doing a better job finding kids and bringing them back to their communities? I definitely would say that uh, we need to be more, especially baby boomers, yeah. need to be more educated on the power of social media. And um, I agree with you with, it's a lot of fake book out here instead of Facebook, <laughs> you know. That's real. It's, it, it's real. Um, it's a lot of just a perpetrating on, on Facebook. And so I've even had parents say, my child is missing. I know your protocol, you're gonna put pictures out, but I don't want them to know that's my child. You know, wow. stuff like that, that's that's kind of that's kind of interesting to me. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's been a challenge, but I think they definitely need to know the power of social media, the good it can do and not always the bad. Because most of the time, these children have been coerced mm. through social media. Mm -hmm. And so parents hate social media. All the videos we were watching today. What was that yes, series? Um, <laughs> the Dangers of Social Media. The Dangers of Social Media. The Dangers of Social Media. <laughs> they, uh -huh. they would go on what's they'd go on to like Snapchat and then they would find a kid, they'd message right. them pretending to be another fake, 14 Fake account, mm -hmm. set up a fake account and get a, a coerced child to come and meet them and, and thank God it's the parent. If you're listening to this and you want to get scared to hell about social media, look up. <laughs> the dangers of social media. And get ready to get your pants blown off. That's terrifying. <laughs> I have a seven year old man. Eh? Yeah. yeah, I mean, she's like, yo, dad, I want this now. I'm like, eh, no, nah, you good. Well, nah. get MSpy. Can I talk about that? Please. So get MSpy. MSpy is a app that you can put on your children's phone. You have it on your phone. You can watch every um, text, tweet, everything they do on social media, and every phone call and text that they make. Mm. Mm -hmm. Final Thank question you. for you. How often are you posting on Facebook? What is your rate of post, either personal or professional? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I have someone that does my social media, <laughs> so I don't post or uh, <laughs> sorry. I, yeah, it's not my thing. <laughs> if you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go hey, far, go with a team. That's right. You're building a team. Building a team. Respect. Smart. Yeah, yeah. Respect. Yeah. Next question. Flipping it around to danger. We just talked about kind of the biggest benefits and the best platforms. Let's talk. Obviously, nothing is purely good. Nothing is purely bad. Everything is mm -hmm. kind of a mix of both. So social media. What are some of the dangers that you've kind of seen emerging out of social media that you would want to address kind of on this public forum? Maybe we start with you because you yeah. have yeah. some very clear cases yeah, of those yeah. negatives. For us, it is the, the fact that um, you can be anybody on the other side of that screen, on the other side of that phone. And so perpetrators are coercing children through social media, and setting up fake accounts and... Um, you just don't know who you're talking to. Yeah. You really just don't know who you're talking to. Children today are so trusting, and everybody's their friend. We saw some of the dangerous social media with Kobe Person, and within 10 minutes, the young man told his mother, that's my friend. We just met him 10 minutes ago, but that's my friend. These kids want to belong. They do. They want acceptance. And belong. so if they feel like that person on the other end of that screen is my friend, let's do this, and I'm going to meet my friend. So that's very dangerous. And now knowing that danger, how do you recommend we stay healthy? Seeing, seeing the danger, seeing that eating too much cake is gonna lead to diabetes, we can practice some healthy living to try to find a balance while we can still enjoy the cake, mm -hmm. but not get diabetes. So same with social media, how can we stay healthy knowing that people are being fake and they're putting up all these yeah. fake impersonations? How can I we think stay parents healthy? need to monitor their children's social media. I mean, for real. And so there are some different fake social media accounts. Like there's one app that you can um, have a TikTok account, but the face of the TikTok account looks like a calculator. And so the parents don't know that this kid is on TikTok and not on a calculator. Mm. So if I'm a parent and I walk by and I see my child's phone, I think they're doing math. Mm. 
Wow. No, no. So parents really, really need to be up on their children's social media. You guys look surprised like you didn't know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. No clue. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I've yeah. seen, like, you know, just guys and things like calculators and everything, but never, like, a whole app. That's, oh, there's a whole app. That's crazy. There's several. Wow. There's several. Mm-hmm. TikTok, would you mind bringing up one thing that you said earlier I think that's important to say about TikTok as a platform that I'm on, but quick question to you guys. Are any of you on TikTok? I'm about to get on it. About to? Yeah. Not. No. So you were Not men- personally, but for the business, yeah. Right. And you were mentioning about human trafficking yeah. and how TikTok has played a role in that. TikTok has become a very popular platform for people but under the age of 18. That's right. Mm-hmm. So how has that played into the whole human trafficking? It, it's, it's escalated, actually, because we know that those kids, traffickers know that those kids are on right. TikTok. They're spending so much time on They're, TikTok. And so they study TikTok and they coerce kids on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And so, Kick is another one. You remember with Kick? Kick's been around for a little bit longer. Yeah. I know nothing about it. Neither. So Kick is like TikTok, and Kick is another. Actually, Kick has a spider in it. So if you sign into Kick, you cannot turn your location off. Mm-hmm. It can it can identify where you are at all times. Twenty four seven. Twenty four seven. And so traffickers know Didn't that Snapchat, Kick has a spider. Huh? Did Snapchat used to be like that too? Snapchat used to be like that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Snapchat's not like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know people still use Kick. I remember when it first came These out. These kids are. Like it's a it's like a, a messaging app, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. K I K. As a matter of fact, we have a human trafficking case right now in Dublin because of Kick. Wow. Right now. Mr. Perry, dangers of social media. What would you say is a danger that you've seen emerge out of this new trend of social media? Yeah, I've seen a lot of. Uh, I mean, recently, you know, talk about Snoop Dogg and. Uh, speaking out against the mm-hmm. um, the whole thing that went up in smoke with uh, Kobe surrounding Kobe Bryant's death, and you know people's opinions that were coming out, and people were disagreeing with your, you know his posts and some of the things that he was saying, you know some of those things didn't that led him to apologize publicly and kind of backtrack on some of the things that you know he spoke about. So you know just uh, be mindful in. It's like the internet. It's in. It's in pen. You can't erace it. You can't come back from it. Plus, it's, you know, out, there, it's, it's out, out there. It's out there. It's out there. It's out there. And you can't delete it, and it's gone. So, mm-hmm. you know, just uh, you know, building your brand, but just being careful. You know, once you hit send, that's that's forever. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand the Snoop Dogg thing. Snoop Kobe died, obviously, very big loss. Yeah. Rest in peace, Kobe. And then Snoop Dogg made a post, and there was public backlash, backlash against it. Yes. Um, he was, he was speaking on uh, Oprah and another, um, I forget her, another Gail, Gail King. Gail King, yeah, right, 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 yeah, right. Yeah. And they were talking about, you know, speaking on Kobe's passing and just brought up the fact that, you know, the rape allegations and, you know, those things. But, you know, he was acquitted, you know. were, But it's, it's just the timing, right? So Bad timing. Correct, right. I mean, the man just passed. He's right. got a grieving wife, right. still has children, young children, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's the platform you choose to speak on that and tragic death and, and unfortunately you know it, it happened and um you know again just just reiterating you know just the timeliness of it you know mm-hmm. and um you know just just thinking before you post and, and say something so the danger if, if i'm hearing you right the danger is saying something and then receiving pub i'm trying to like i'm trying to yeah someone's we were just talking about it a moment ago and i think we were speaking or maybe we were watching a video and uh, you were showing a video, and it may have been you or, or the gentleman back there. It was in the heat of the moment. The mm-hmm, mother said, mm-hmm, you know, you're stupid, mm-hmm. you know. So those emotions that go mm-hmm. and get tied to mm. your post, whether it's a video post or a text post, you know, whatever Because you can't take it back. Correct. So mm-hmm. we can be in the moment, lose our consciousness, and mm-hmm. then say something we regret. But like you said, it's written in pen. Yeah. So knowing that, knowing that it's irreversible, and knowing that in the heat of the moment we might do something that – that we can't really undo right what's a healthy balance like what what do you recommend seeing that so that people can practice more yeah. healthy I think social it goes media back use. to the team right i watched kevin hart's um netflix special mm-hmm. and there was a lot of backlash with the oscars when he had previously posted i believe it was on twitter uh and talking about you know speaking on you know um just different things about uh, gender and, and and being gay and, and those kind of things and he refused to apologize, and they, you know, revoked and rescinded the invitation for him to host the Oscars, right? 
but he had a team around him that was saying, hey, don't do anything. Don't move. Don't go on any more shows. But he refused to do that. And then afterwards, he talked about how he could have said, you know, I do not condone violence to, you know, any gay, transgender, you know, those mm-hmm. kind of things. But he didn't say that. He just kept defending himself. So, Interesting. Uh, you know, just learning from your team, running it through your team. And uh, I think with the heightened emotions at that time, you know, you just you're liable to say anything, you know, in, in emotion. So, I really agree with that. Yeah. This on Saturdays, I schedule uh, all the musicians for the week. We run a platform called Musicians Voice, okay. where we bring in five different musicians every week from Ohio. We put them on this conversational AI, Amazon Alexa, and I do rapid fire DMs on Instagram. And as soon as I get a musician that schedules with me, I'll lock them in and I'll post them on our page on our story to try to promote them. Right. And I had someone cancel like five minutes after I scheduled with them. And then I took a screenshot of the DM and I posted on our IG story. Cause I w- and then I posted, hey, someone canceled. I need someone else to fill. Right. I came in the next day to wave and my friend Khalil said, Pat, why did you why did you capture a right. DM and then post that yeah. out? And I didn't even think about right. it. I was just like I was I was just trying to make everybody I was trying to be in real time posting, right. just communicating right. consistently. And he was like, Pat, for musicians, brand is everything, and you posting something like right. that is a yeah. negative yeah. impact on their brand. Someone else not, might not want a booking because it's going to cancel. I right. I didn't I didn't I was not empathetic. Right. I didn't think about it. And right. telling me that because of the team, like you say, right. I then went to that musician. I apologized profusely. Mm-hmm. I made sure to have an in person meeting to right. really like express. I didn't. I didn't think about it. I wasn't conscious. My team made me conscious. So I want to really make sure to understand, like, how I can change my energy to be better. I, I really mm-hmm. agree with you there. Yeah. Team yeah. team is everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lastly, Malk. So we've talked to everybody else. We've talked yeah. about the positives, yeah. looking at the mm-hmm. negatives. What have you seen as the emerging negative behavior that's come out of social media? There's a couple um, that I wanted to talk about. I was trying to figure out how I could do it in a concise way. It really just boils down to the fact that you know, social media is now ingrained in society. Like, you can't really be productive mm-hmm. in business or even in personal without some elements of your social media. And because of that, it's an extension of your life and stuff now. And there's consequences of it. You know, social media can really highlight some of the best things about people and they equally some of the worst things. So the, the, ver- the first thing I, I was going to say was... um just about the art of conversation and the um and, and just being civil with each other and and having conversations with them i think that you know a lot of times people will just be out there and they want to be loud with their opinion and they just want to rush to say the first thing again without thinking sometimes mm-hmm. yeah. or they want to get the most engagement so they'll lean in and they'll go you know to an extreme and be dramatic and you know something that will incite emotions Mm -hmm. and reaction but like you just forget about the human element and stuff of it or um kind of associated to that the tangent that's attached to it's like you know there's not a lot of nuance on social media a lot of people don't know how to navigate that Mm -hmm. and so it's hard having complicated conversations like with the kobe situation with gail and snoop I, I don't know if you've watched it yet. Uh, Snoop went on to the Red Table Talk yeah. and everything mm-hmm. yesterday, and yeah. the, they like broke it down some more yeah. and like kind of like talked through right. what it was and and the immediate aftermath of it. In the aftermath of the original appearance with Gail and uh, and Lisa when they were yeah. first talking, like you know there there was a nuanced conversation to be had at that point. Right. And then after Snoop, you know, went in and he was being you know really disrespectful to Gail. There's another nuanced conversation to have after that. And then after Snoop apologized, there's another nuanced right. conversation mm-hmm. to have. Right. And none of those conversations were wow. being had in between it. Wow. The the gray, you know what I mean? And uh, that's my favorite spot to be in. I love operating in the gray and like talking and trying to understand people. Um, people come to me often like, yeah, how, why, why are you doing this? Why are you putting out these opinions or why are you like engaging with people it's like because there's a human on the other side of yeah. it and they're saying it for a That's reason good. and I want to understand what the reason is and then also to help them understand like how they might be received and you know everything that's associated with that but then the last one I know I, I said I'm talking a lot but uh, the last one is a uh, you know Kanye he's another divisive character he's <laughs> <laughs> an agent of chaos sometimes yeah. but yeah. I alright so that's a tangent to the point that I want to make real quick but that's another thing 
you know, ETC, originally I had an ETC by Akis, and uh, I was thinking, you know, I've been building this brand of me being an advocate for Columbus and, you know, so on and so forth. So I'm going to attach my name to the company so that when you see it, it's like the authority, kind of like what you were saying, right. and you can trust it. And I think that the the logic behind that was good, but I'm also a really divisive person and everything too. And um, it's because, you know, I have a... I look at the world differently than most people do. And so either you love me a lot or you hate me a lot. You know what I mean? And if I'm building this platform for Columbus, then it's dangerous to have this divisive character right. attached to it. You see what I mean? And so now it's ETC by us because it's like okay. it's not about me. It's about all of us or whatever and kind of divorcing my own. And, like, that's a danger, too. Mm -hmm. If you are being yourself out there, Again, that's a human, and everybody doesn't like everybody. And so just, like, figuring out how to navigate that. Um, but what I was going to say about Kanye, a couple years ago, he said uh, I was on Instagram crowdsourcing my self-esteem. And I think that that's something that is a huge, especially, like, with the children and the people that are coming up that don't really have their identity yet. They're still, like, trying to learn about themselves or even, you know, adults and stuff too because if you don't have security in your own identity – then it's really easy to get caught up, you know, chasing the Joneses or, mm -hmm. um, you know, like, all right, I posted this. How come I haven't had anybody like it yet? Or there's no comments or, you know, this person has thousands or, all right, maybe I need to go and buy, you know, followers or comments. buy engagement. And, and that's just really, it's poison and toxic. And uh, I think that that's a huge part of um, social media, a big danger is the insecurity that it can oh, yeah. like exploit inside the people um, and grow and it can really be like devastating like if you're drawing all of your self-esteem by your online persona and there are a lot of people that are out there that are faking it they're not even being themselves so you're comparing yourself to mm -hmm. like somebody else's most pristine imaginary it's just it's a really slippery slope that if you're not careful if you're not like sure of who you are, then you can like slip down it really fast. So I feel like you're hitting something very big here, crowdsourcing self-esteem. Mm -hmm. I feel like especially with the generations that are given a phone and are given social media at such a young age, that's mm -hmm. it's becoming more and more common. Exactly. So, how do we find a healthy practice? Like s seeing that people are crowdsourcing their self-esteem, how can we start to find a balance where we are letting our kids or even ourselves use social media, but we're not allowing it to control our own perceptions and our self-esteem yeah so for me like i said i do have a daughter um and i mean i have I, I do have like a wide reach online you know nationally like there's people that tune in and stuff and you know i would shoot videos like on my instagram story for example and like my daughter would be in them and she'd be singing and everything and then she's like oh i, I want to do this i want to do a youtube or so on and so forth i don't know i'm still learning how to navigate those waters and everything but i think that it really boils down to remembering that there's a real life offside of social media like i do think that social media is a part of our lives now but it can't be the entirety of your life yeah. you know and remembering that you know your own value it comes from like who you are and not how people view you but I don't even know if that's a social media problem, though. I think that's just a, a people problem. Mm -hmm. You know, right, I mean? right. Yeah. You have to like be secure and confident in yourself, regardless of if that's the way that you walk into a room, or when you log onto Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn or, or wherever. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I don't know if that's too philosophical, but it just comes down to like loving yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So just mm -hmm. love yourself you should be able to maintain that and then once you love yourself understand how you can present yourself on social yeah and not even i mean for me personally again i'm a little radical you know what i mean yes um, give it to us. like you know when i'm on twitter i don't at all think about how people are going to receive me you know it's like this is just who i am but in doing that there there has to be a discipline inside of myself mm -hmm. to always be the best version of myself to be empathetic to move in love, to care about other people, and so on and so forth, so that I don't have an issue where, like with Kevin Hart, for example, you right. have to come back years later because you were making careless jokes about people that can actually hurt people. And I mean, I've hurt people before. You know, I've, um, like, there's definitely things that I've done that, like, I, heard, I was like, I didn't know that I was gonna make you feel that way or whatever. And it's like, all right, well, I understand that. 
and then I apologized immediately, and then I worked to try to be better. But, I mean, that's constant work and stuff, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But if you're always working on yourself, then you have freedom to then go and tweet 25 times an hour or whatever, you know what I mean? Because I tell people all the time, it's like, yo, I don't ask anybody to follow me on social media. You know, it's an opt-in process. And, like, I'm going to be me. I'm going to be the real me. And if that's too much for you, it's all good. We can still be friends offline because not my world and everything. It's just an extension of me. It's my thoughts and stuff. So, But I think you, what you said was key. It's not your world. Mm-hmm. And I think some people are looking for acceptance that they need on social media. Right. And that's danger. I think there needs to be a balance mm-hmm. when it comes to social media, whether it's adults or children. There just needs to be a healthy balance when right. it comes to social media. I couldn't agree more. Next question, this one's coming from Paul in the audience. Paul has downloaded LinkedIn, and as many young professionals in college or looking to start their career, he's trying to figure out, okay, I've downloaded it, I've started making some connections, what do I do with this platform now? So I'm going to redirect this to Perry first, yeah. especially because I know <laughs> I have a LinkedIn, it's just, <laughs> yeah. How, sh- how do you recommend people use this, like on the day-to-day posting? How do you recommend people uh, building their career use LinkedIn as a platform? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, my youngest daughter now, she's actually engaged with that. She's doing that right now. She's looking at uh, internships, you know, looking at possibilities and advancing in their career, building a resume, you know, and I'll go back to what I was speaking on earlier, connecting with companies so mm-hmm. you can actually gain that experience in not just with the company, but going through the process, right? So there's a process to going through that, you know, making sure that your resume looks good, your profile looks good, and all those kind of things. So the uh, the engagement part is kind of the last piece, you know, but you're building a platform. You're building your brand is you. You know, mm-hmm. that's your brand. You are your brand. So that's what we're working on right now. Okay, so like taking that resume and kind of putting it on the platform and then from there just putting your true self on a LinkedIn? Yeah, and engaging with, so for instance, like, you know, she's got this uh, macro sense of going after the CBD market, creating a LinkedIn for CBD where all those voices and folks and partners, they can join and then they can connect with farmers and growers. You can connect with Mm -hmm. dispensaries, you know, so creating a platform. So if you're going onto LinkedIn to, you know, engage into a sports platform, everyone thinks nike and reebok well there's you know there's this there's another component to that right so you want to be a designer do you want to be you know a fit model you know so just building your brand based on you know what your expertise we call them subject matter experts Mm -hmm. and you know that's what we want to be we want to be subject matter experts in our own pillar interesting so if i can try to give an example here maybe um if you're in the pharmaceutical industry or if you're trying to get into pharmaceutical industry seeing the conversation, get on to LinkedIn in a day and just kind of see what conversation is going on. Yeah, click on everyone's, content. Everyone's yeah. shouting out, uh, I can't even think of any sort of pharmaceutical, everyone's shouting out Tylenol and everyone's yeah. shouting out Advil and then you make a post, hey, I've been seeing a lot of people talking about Tylenol for these benefits mm-hmm. and Advil for these benefits. Mm-hmm. I personally think this. Right. Mm-hmm. So like playing into the greater conversation of your profession. And then you can show your subject matter expertise that might be translated into marketing, might be translated into, you know, journalism, you know, uh, writing, you know, whatever that particular uh, recruiter or company may see in you, and then you go after the, 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 that's that's my opinion. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coming over to you. I think for us, LinkedIn, uh, one of the greatest lessons I've personally learned on LinkedIn is uh, you don't kiss on the first date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll say it like that, more, you don't kiss on the first date. Because as a business professional on LinkedIn, I get um, inboxes all the time, where, especially from college students, yeah. that want um, interviews, that want, you know, because we are expert right. in the area of human trafficking. Most of my staff are survivors of human trafficking. Wow. And so, you know, everyone wants to talk to us. I tell you, we probably get 15 to 20 invites a day for to do an interview that's i don't know that's impossible yeah thank you for being on ours (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah that's impossible because i mean we got a job to do too you know what i'm saying and so i think to build relationships the other thing when we do these interviews and we do a lot of white papers and things like that but we want to know who you are you you sending us this inbox Mm -hmm. of um can i do an interview with the founder or this traffic victim 
You don't even know you. Oh. How do you uh, like introduce yourself? Like, let's say that I'm a student. I'm trying to show you who I am so that I can get to the interview. Like, how do I even do that? So I think one of the first things you do is you'll say is, I am a student. This is where I don't wait till two weeks before your papers do mm-hmm. to say that you need an interview for the, your class to get a good grade. No, start. You know, at the at the beginning of your quarter, your semester, that this is an assignment that you're going to have to get done. Right. Why don't you start then? Start at the beginning, and then let's build relationship. Come and volunteer. How about that? Okay. Invest something Experience. in it. Again, the social media is not your whole world and everything. It's not like our whole world. offline and everything. I understand. It connects offline. Mm-hmm. We need to know who you are. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we when, once once it's out there, you can't take it back. Yeah. And so we don't know what you're going to do with this paper once it's out there. Right. So I say let's get to know you, you get to know us, and then let's come together and, and help each other. I like that. Don't kiss on the first date. No. It sounds like no, build the relationship slowly. Yeah. Oh, we That's just it. met? Great. Tomorrow, you message me again? It's like yeah, being consistent about it. Yeah. And being I, consistent. I feel like that's true across all social media. It's like some people want to blow up overnight, and they're like, I made a post. How come I didn't get any followers from this? <laughs> I, can't, uh, I can't really speak to how LinkedIn is. And I think that that's probably because of the nature of the work that I do. You know, I'm in the more creative realm. And so I'm talking to people like on Twitter and Instagram, but it's really the same exact yeah. issue that you're talking ah. about. I, you know, cause I do do media and I do have these platforms. I throw a couple of shows, I do parties and everything. People hit me all the time. Like, yo, can you listen to this project? Or mm-hmm. yo, can you write a review on me? Or yo, can I come on your podcast? Or yo, can I do this and that? I'm like, bro, I have no idea who you are. Right. One, two, like I've never seen you out on the scene. Three, I went to your page and, you don't have any type of a, a brand at all, like a persona for me to even engage with you. There's no way for me to learn your history, to go and look at your music or whatever. You just want me to click on the SoundCloud, and I'm not going to do that. Like, you have to, there's so many things I have to do. <laughs> You're not going to be able to take some of my time that right. I could be using mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. to build these things mm-hmm. that you're so impressed with. Like, you have to prove to me that, like, it's worth taking that time. And that That's could right. just be, That's like, in right. the presentation of it, like, mm-hmm. in the in the introduction, you know what I mean? Um, but really, the best way that I can get, well, that people can get my attention, you know, I throw a, a monthly open mic, you know what I mean, mm. here in the city. And it's like, yo, if you really want me to listen to it, come and sign up for this open mic. Like, you have my undivided attention at that point because I'm there, I'm throwing mm-hmm. the show, I'm paying attention to everybody's on stage or whatever. Like that's the the fastest way to do it, and then I can really get in touch with who you are as an artist, as a creative, and everything. And um, yeah, shaking people's hands like in person, I think that that's mm-hmm. really like, yeah. you know what I mean? You heard it here. If you're trying to get a Keith's attention, <laughs> show up at this next <laughs> open mic, and he will be watching. Listen, I'd be setting myself up. <laughs> so I'm an introvert. Is, I don't like talking to people. It's crazy. When is your next open mic? Yeah, the third. Wednesday of every month. Okay. It's called Native Tongues. It's uh, down at CD102. Okay. Um, we're actually going on show 27. So, ah. yeah. Congratulations. We're working yeah, on our third year yeah. of existence. Uh, we started out in the gallery on uh, 5th and High. Okay. And then we moved down to the Pelican Room. And yep. then now we're at CD102. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a great show, man. Like I'm, I'm not trying to plug <laughs> it or anything <laughs> like that. But it's really, if I wasn't throwing the show, I would still be a regular there. Because sometimes the open mic it rivals the people that we actually paid to come and headline it. Uh, and, yeah, it's crazy. You move it around to different spots? No. Um, yeah, it's a home. Yeah, okay. yeah it's at CD102. It's been there since last April. Okay. Um, and before then, it was at the Pelican Room, and it was there for, you know, the 10 shows prior to that. Like, every time we outgrow our space, then we just move up to a new space. Gotcha. Yeah. You said you weren't trying to plug, but I, I think that's I think one of the benefits of having social yeah. mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. increasing awareness for the community. Mm-hmm. Like, Sam Rothstein, when he was talking to me, coming for the musician's voice, he was like, "Hey, you got to show up to this next ETC event." Mm-hmm. Great. When is it? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Tomorrow. <laughs> it, it was, it was tomorrow. But he's like, "Go on to their Instagram page." So I looked up their Insta. Oh, there's your nice graphic. It shows me where, when the event is. I can then repost it on my story to increase awareness for my community. Right. Let's take this opportunity. Whatever events you have coming up, kind of in the next month. I think this would be a great opportunity mm-hmm. to talk about that for everywhere that it's going. I know you got a lot. Yeah. Perry, um, you've got Benjamin's in business tonight. Yes. And then uh, if you want to talk a little bit more about Benjamin's in business and any other events that you're running around here. Absolutely. Love to. So it's a networking event that we host uh, every Thursday at Avalon uh, from 6 to 10. Networking events, you know, connecting 
local businesses. Uh, we actually put together a couple partnerships through that platform. Uh, we're opening up at the Golf Depot. Uh, we'll be doing some stuff out there with uh, with golf, similar to a, a miniature Top Golf experience. You can hit balls and um, you can grab something to eat and uh, you know adult beverages, those kind of things. And then lastly, uh, one of the things we're looking at doing is uh, made in the Midwest and bringing in artists mm-hmm. and uh, and hosting that event and inviting folks from uh, from all over. Awesome. I've been to Benjamin's in business personally. It's a very fun event. Good people coming yeah. out there. If you want to be chatting business in a live environment like Avalon, yeah. show up. I'll probably come through after with you to yeah. meet yeah. Benjamin again. Yeah. <laughs> Is that monthly? Weekly. Uh, weekly. Oh, yeah, weekly. Wow. Yeah, weekly. Every Thursday. Every Thursday. Yeah, from 6 to 10. Yeah, every, every Thursday. That's good to know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm going to come and check it out for yeah. sure. I love that. Love to yeah. have you. Yeah, yeah, what's the dress code like to get there? Like this. Where can I? Like this. Where my bandana? Absolutely. I wear. I don't take it off for anybody. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Malk, I know you got a lot of events, so we're gonna go back to Dr. Marlene. We don't have any events coming up like that. I think our our next one's not until October, and we're doing something called Antidote. Antidote. We say that we are the um, antidote for the human trafficking epidemic, mm-hmm. and uh, we bring in twelve survivors from around the country and five allies, and it is not human trafficking one on one. We really get to some re- resources and some resolution on how to end it. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Yeah, Thank human you. trafficking. Yeah. Big. I Thank very you. much admire you solving this problem Thank for you. Ohio. Especially in Ohio, yeah. Yeah. Sincerely. Yeah. I was telling them earlier that um, the AG just re- released a report. There's 522 missing kids in Columbus. Wow. And most people don't even know that. Right. Incredible. Yeah, don't even know it. You, and that's, that's a population of people of, that's missing that does not include a lot of African Americans or Latinos that they'll go underreported. Wow. Yeah. Man. And for the men of events, Akis. Yeah. Um, what events should Columbus and Ohio be aware of coming up in the next month or so? Word. Uh, let me make sure I don't forget any of them. The 13th, we have Orange Soda. We're taking it down to Cincinnati. Um, that's going to be crazy. Uh, it's our first time going to Cincinnati. Orange Soda is a 2000s party, uh, just so you guys know. Um, wanted to bring those neo nostalgia vibes mm-hmm. and uh, I was born in 92 so <laughs> when the 90s were over I was 8 and I was tired of always going to 90s parties and it's like how many times can you listen to this is how we do it right <laughs> um, yeah so we started 2000s party we're taking it down to Cincinnati on the 13th of March and then on the 27th of March we're taking it up to Cleveland mm. so um, we're going to be at both ends of the state we're not going to be in Columbus this month we just have one here uh, Native Tongues that's the third Wednesday of the month. Uh, we haven't announced who the headliner is for it yet, but just know he's somebody special. So uh, stay tuned for that. Where's that at? That is at CD102. Okay. Yeah, okay. CD102. Um, you can follow us on uh, Instagram. It's Native Tongues Ohio. Okay. And then on Twitter, it's Native Tongues OH. And, like, all the details and information is there. You can actually go and get the tickets now. It's nt27.eventbrite.com. Okay. Nice. Um, we have another Everything Creative on the last Monday of every month. Uh, and again, that's just trying to tell as many people as we can about what ETC is. Like I said, it's something that doesn't exist yet. Well, excuse me, it didn't exist before we created it. And so there's a lot of re-education, but there's so much culture here in Columbus mm-hmm. and we want anybody that wants to be a part of that culture or that wants to tap into that culture to easily be able to do it. And so um, the event, the last Monday of every month at our bar, you know, you can go and you can network with other creatives. There's a live intimate performance. We have a bar side chat uh, where I talk to a pillar or a legend mm. from Columbus and we just talk about their history, uh, wherever the conversation goes. And then the night ends with a town hall between me and Sam Rothstein where we just talk about whatever is relevant to Columbus culture at the time. Mm. And that's open to anybody that wants to, like, you know, converse back with us or whatever. It is a town hall in the truest sense of the word. Wow. So, um, and that's free. It's a free event. Um, oh, my birthday. My birthday. Oh, <laughs> oh my birthday. <laughs> yeah. right. How did I forget? Yeah, I mean, I don't like celebrating myself again. Like, I'm an introvert. and That's only the third time he's mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> I really mean it. Bro. Nobody believes me, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, we're doing something for my birthday. The last, well, over two of the last three years, I had a roast for my birthday. And uh, it's a great time. Everybody enjoys it. And so I'm going to have another one um, this 
month too. So we have. When's your birthday? March twenty sixth. Okay. Yeah. So right before we go up to Cleveland, I'm gonna have a roast. Probably gonna be at our bar. Um, so yeah, if you want to come and make fun of me, <laughs> people love doing it. Like there's memes and stuff. <laughs> you were talking about how you can't delete stuff yep. like off the internet for whatever reason. When I was a high schooler, as a senior in high school, I dyed a white beater that I had purple, and I had just started working out. So like I, I took like a, a mirror picture and had like my arm up and everything like that. And yeah, it's really embarrassing now. And somebody photoshopped me next to R. Oh. Kelly. Oh. Oh. Yeah, and, yeah, and it just it comes back up like every like three or four. Not I'm gonna good. show you guys like. Not good. Yeah, it's terrible. You know what I mean? But I can't take it down. It's on the internet or whatever. And yeah, people roast me all the time, so decided to make that should be fun. Event. Yeah, it's good for laughs. Right, <laughs> y'all can laugh at my expense, but yeah. The keys really knows how to put on an event. I was back at ET- ETC on Monday. Mm-hmm. Really good event. The live performance was amazing. Way better than I. Every single part of that was way better than I thought it was going to be. I, I can't say I had too many expectations, but the live performance was amazing. Mm-hmm. That you had um, Des Arnaz go mm-hmm. up there to actually talk, and then the town hall afterwards with you and Sam was fun to be a part of. Word. It really was open. Yeah. Every, uh, everybody was chatting. They were fielding a lot of questions. It got into some very <laughs> interesting <laughs> topics. Yeah. Final question of the night. We're about to head out. Um, how can people stay connected? So for people that are listening to this podcast, people that are watching it on the on the video on all the social platforms, how can people start getting connected with your brands, with your businesses, and be following along with your personal journeys? Word. Um, I'm Ekis on Twitter and Instagram, E-H underscore K-E-E-S. Um, that's how you pronounce X in Spanish, just for the people that what's Ekis mean. Um, so Malcolm Ekis, Malcolm okay. X, yeah. Um, and ETC. The best way to get in touch there is just to go to the website, etcbyus.com. Um, but we are also on Instagram. It's etc.by.us. And then on Twitter, it's the etc by us. No spaces. Nice. Mr. Perry. Uh, primarily uh, Instagram at JetFuel CEO. Uh, either that or LinkedIn is uh, Perry Jeter Jr. on there. So. You said JetFuel? Uh, at uh, at JetFuel CEO on the gram. Jet Fuel CEO is where it's at. Yes, sir. Dr. Marlene? We're on all social media platforms at um, the Switch Anti-Trafficking Network. And there's a, on Instagram, there was an underscore, right? The Switch underscore Anti-Trafficking Network. Any underscores on the other platforms? No. no. One word? One word. Mm-hmm. Thank you all for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank yeah, you guys thank for you. raising the collective intelligence of Columbus and all of Ohio. Seriously, Ohio would not be great without you guys, so... Thank you again for coming on the yes, show. Sir. Thanks for Thank having you. us. Thank, Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Your Voice First podcast. If you'd like to learn more, find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and every other social platform at Voice First AI.